Hello, everybody. It's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And we have another show that's absolutely heaving for you with all the news from across the tabletop hobby goodness this past seven days. There's even a submarine game. Put your bets down now as to who makes the first dive joke on that one. Uh, I'll let you decide very shortly. But before we get into the show itself, we have a prize, courtesy of War Cradle Studios. We have a Promethean complex set to give away as part of Terrain Fest. To be able the chance to win that big beastie, you need to comment here on YouTube down below and also be a subscriber to the channel. Uh, if you do that for me, that's very good. And if you can press all the buttons, that's great. It costs you nothing to do so. Now, sit back and relax because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender. I'm joined by John, Shay, and Ben. Hello. 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 To uh, take you through this week's news, mm. all the news that's fit to print. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, skip it, Jerry. Just go straight to the Kickstarters with the multi-award winning Winstone. We'll get there. Oh, believe <laughs> me, we'll get there. Uh, but... I thought we should probably start the show off at the start, like we normally do, rather than skipping to the end. Shame, but kind of everything. So, uh, for those of you of an infinity bent, we are now into phase two of Shattergrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the first 10 days? 11? I can never remember if it's 10 or 11. It's split. It's three weeks split. So, phase one, I think, was 10, and phase two is 11. Uh, it's done and dusted. If you want to see how things have gone, the roving reporter on the front line has been out scouting people's battle reports and keeping people abreast of what's been happening. So you can actually go in. Uh, they've selected some of the finest, choicest news nuggets uh, from what's happened on uh, Concilium um, and how it's sort of affecting those particular areas. And you can see links to the battle reports they're referring to. So they've taken a look at every sector and plucked out some of the, the more interesting battle reports, either for how the game went or for just how it was set up. There's a particularly nice one that's been done with a comic book style filter over it, mm. um, which lurks. Is it that one? I think it's that one, um, which was just really, really fun to look at. If not, there we go. See, look, assassins. Ah, so everything's that's gone, awesome. Everything's gone all comic book style. Stanley would be proud. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yes, phase two's kicking off. Uh, everything's gone back to zero, more or less. The uh, the points for each area have reset, uh, and then the new uh, scenarios for each one has opened up. So, if you fancy getting into that, there's still there's still time. There's still mm -hmm. ten or eleven days, depending which way that breaks down. Mm -hmm. And don't do, don't do that. Uh, a video that we've done, which sort of talks through what's happening with phase two and everything. So you can go and check that out as well. Yeah, so. Kelly and. Uh, sits there and explains to me what's happening with the world. It's quite good. I don't know. <laughs> the other thing I, that's I very just wait to say Yu Ching. <laughs> the other thing that's very good is that um, throughout the first portion of phase one, 
uh, Killian went through and put together really interesting and in-depth mission briefings on all of the scenarios. Mm. So if you're somebody who's diving into Shattergrounds and you're maybe a little bit new to Infinity, but you want to just have some fun and you know influence the world and stuff like that, make sure to check out what Killian's going to be doing for Phase 2 and everything as well, because they are really good um, and they are very, very handy if you're like, I play Ariadna, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> that, that is true. Or in oh, yeah. cases of the, the missions themselves. Uh, because some of them are specific for yes. shadow grounds, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a good way of getting a sort of a a, a, a level uh, mm-hmm. that you can aim for. Then going, okay, here's here's where I should be aiming for. Probably yeah. best not to take uh, a tag and fifteen hackers. Don't think you can anyway in most games. But you know, you know <laughs> speaking of tag, although as a complete aside, strange, um, fast panda gaming on the YouTube's. Um, put up a bat report Wednesday night. Um, they were playing Nomads Against Yu Ching. Super fantastic game. Uh, and at the start, they were discussing that the mission they were playing, you got a cheaper tag mm. was available, and none of them took tags. And the reason they didn't is the last time they played, the Yu Ching Hapkers were so good at just dumping the pilots out of the tags and then <laughs> using them to turn on the Nomad player. They just went, I'm not doing it. Wow. Uh, you've shot me in the face with my own tag once to, and i'm not doing it again so um so it's a good battle report if you want to see uh, very cool I, I think it's in the the systems there as well but the the whole video battle reports up on on the youtube for fast panda gaming if you're not already subscribed you can do that anyway i digress uh not the only thing that's been announced this week phase two obviously huge mm-hmm. salute 51 huger well yes i guess so uh so yeah tickets for salute 2024 uh, are now available for you to go and pick up. I've also heard that all of the stalls and all that kind of thing has already basically already been bought up, so it's going to be a big one, I think, mm. again. Wow. We're have a lot of people uh, diving back in with all of their goodness to enjoy next year. Uh, I would assume that Mr. we're going to be seeing uh, some fun stuff from there in the same vein as we got this year as well, so we'll have talks and everything from some personalities within mm. the youtube world uh, as well as all the amazing participation games that jerry will be let loose on uh, and all the shops as well so uh, hopefully we'll be back there again covering the event and stuff so that'll be really fun but yes tickets are available now so if you are eager to get uh, stuck in then uh, you can mm. secure yourself that lovely saturday place early yeah very good oh. Off to the XL in London in mm-hmm. April again, I imagine. April again, yeah. Yeah, April yes. 13th. Mm-hmm. So lucky for some. Mm-hmm. Gets me out of the country on my sister's birthday, so that's lucky for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not what we're at now? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There may even be mugs this year. Who knows? Fingers crossed. <laughs> time, time, will, time will tell. Yeah. Uh, right. So before we get into the most important part of the week, uh it once again is is conjoined with our Turian fest mm. uh, so if you haven't been paying attention uh we've decided for the month of october to make people build terrain build all the terrain <laughs> build it all there i've put a magnet in the bottom of the i'm doing it plant. as well see but, yeah. got, got tiny snake real fencing, fencing. <laughs> we're all involved um there's a chance to win a massive prize, a mahusive, I believe is the phrase. Um, if you get involved and build a project in our system, I know Ben's been through and he's plucked out a few choicer elements from the first sort of week that's 
caught his eye uh, to give you an idea of the sort of things people are up to. Um, the brick and stone work Hutch has been doing is just obscene. It is great. He is just yeah. the worst. Um, really nice trench system. I believe that's for a war transformed. It is, yeah. Mm. If, if you're just diving into that game, this is a great project to be like mm. to follow along with because it'll give you loads of really good pointers for where you want to take your trench boards and stuff for that. So, duck boards are key. Oh, there's some of those trees that I'm building, except they've got paint on theirs, which I have not managed <laughs> and probably won't for quite some time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Necrothrell and Project Firefight by Caesar. That, that in and of mm. itself is an absolutely ludicrous project. And I don't. With the exception of like the spinner from uh, Blade Runner lurking down the bottom there, um, I think pretty much everything is scratch built to one extent or another. And there's some mm. all manner of weird, wonderful bits being press ganged into service yeah. uh, for the little sci-fi dystopian utopia. Not sure whether it's utopian or dystopian, so we'll we'll split the difference. <laughs> call it both. There's lots of fighting, so it could yeah. be anything. So. There is there is lots and lots of fighting. So yeah. yeah. You've got until the end of the month if you're planning on building any tree in any way, or maybe you've got tree and built and you're just planning on getting it painted up. Feel free, go nuts. It is literally carte blanche. If you just want to spend the month designing what tree and you'll probably build some point in the future, I'm not going to say you're completely out of the running, but you know, you, you may as well do it. We can always see if, if they're lovely sketches. On. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> we, it's, we have at this moment in time, we have no fixed decision on what way we're going to go when it comes to judging who's the winner of the overall prize but at the very least it should inspire you to uh pull the finger out and get something done on the mm -hmm. old tabletop which is the most important thing uh off off neglected the poetry and exactly so, so yes we we thought we'd uh force she's into it in october <laughs> and what are you going to do you're not going to go outside weather's miserable and it gets dark really early mm -hmm. so you may as well stay in and build some stuff yeah, stand outside with an umbrella, spray your terrain, and then come inside and do some painting. So yeah, makes makes perfect sense to me. Uh, so on that <laughs> note, this week's indie of the week, uh, who's also throwing out the prize for us with that big Promethean mm. complex, is uh, Business Daddy, or as uh, they prefer to be called, War Cradle Studios. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love me. Um, now, this is a whole range of MDF. And they've been doing it for some time and have yeah. very quietly built up a monumental catalog mm -hmm. uh, that's split. Well, it had been split three ways, sort of generic fantasy, um, generic sci-fi, and then stuff for their own games. Uh, but of late, a few other things have cropped up as well. Uh, so we're going to start off with the other things what have cropped up lately as well. And that is Zenormdy Farm. Oh, now, so good. this is so exciting and new that most of it is on pre-order for release at the end of the month. Yes. Um, yeah. We had a look at the, the farm set previously, but the individual components are all being split out. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is pre-coloured, pre-primed, yep. whatever way you want to call it, uh, MDF terrain. Mm -hmm. So you can get stuck in and do additional to it if you want to, or you can just glue it together and go, it's just terrain to fight around it's good enough in the colors they provided and that i think is a motto for life it's not <laughs> i remember good. i remember as well commenting on the palettes last time mm. and oh, being told i was wrong yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> people first, first world war yeah, yeah. yeah first world war there, there you go 
Every day is a learning day. <laughs> well, in our defense, I don't think any of us got massively into our palate history <laughs> prior to that. I'd, this uh, is true. I'd spent a lot of time avoiding doing palate history at school. It and rigging. Those, and rigging. Oh. And rigging. <laughs> to this day, I still try and avoid the rigging. But it does not exist to you. It does not. But yeah, the uh, the upcoming World War II range is interesting. I say it's interesting so nice. for a couple of reasons. One, it's really handy to have, and there's a lot of people uh, play World War II. And other historical periods, because let's face it, Europe still looks like this and has done for about 400 odd years in some Pretty cases. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so even though it's slated as the geographic Normandy area for World War II, a lot of this could easily drop into um, Napoleonics and, and other. Very easily. Uh, yeah, black powder sort of conflicts as well in Europe. Mm. Uh, so that's quite nice that they've got that range upcoming. And I'll be fascinated to see where else they go. Mm. Um, because as you'll see shortly, they have, and I've chunked these together. They have gone uh, huge in uh, in a whole range of directions. So we're going to start with uh, the Wiki Wiki Wawa, uh, Wild Wild Wexodus. It's, it's train adjacent as well. So it is. Somewhere. It is very <laughs> train adjacent. Yeah. Um, so if you come on and if you're looking for the train bit, you can go in there, and there's. The war cradle one that we're in they obviously they do other pieces um but they have a, a whole re-engine each of them is listed by a uh area name let's say area name so we've got mm. augusta um they're loosely gripped within these then so mm -hmm. a area may contain specific style of building yeah so augusta here is a lot of um train adjacent stuff factories and demolished buildings industrial america kind of thing. industrial america falling apart yeah uh, i think that's the the main thing because not yeah. all of them are completely smashed to bits some are new builds some are scrappy builds some are farms some are well you'll see them eventually you'll see yeah. them so calm down cool your bits what's quite um, nice about this stuff as well is that it it kind of goes from I mean, obviously, it's been designed so that you can use it with their games, which are more on the thirty-five mil side. Mm. But a lot of this stuff works equally well for twenty-eight mil as well. So if you want, if you do are going a little bit smaller, it's perfect for that. But I we, know a lot of people have picked up this kind of stuff for the likes of Malifaux and things, which yeah. is thirty-two. So yeah, it's quite yes, good. I yeah. should know that. I've got a box of them sitting right behind me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it works for Malifaux. It works for yeah. a lot of things. The fact that it's the bigger scale. Mm. is less of an inconvenience than it being a smaller. That's true. It's mm. easier to put, because, I mean, for Dead Man's Hand, we've had cowboys running through a mixture of buildings from foreground and um, war cradle and, and all mm. sorts. So it doesn't really matter that there's slight variations because they yeah. weren't, they, they were all unique builds. You know, somebody go, oh, I'm going to build a house and I'll either build it myself or pay somebody to build it. And yeah, maybe a bit bigger, a bit smaller. So depending mm. on your budget, there's obviously the, the full kit where you can get all of your bits and pieces, including the very nice, quite like the fencing. Mm. Yeah, the fencing is great. I'm, yeah. As as is my want in life to look at a, a massive <laughs> range of training and go, you know what's awesome? Bins. Bins are awesome. I like that pallet loader. That, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the little... Uh, carriages for yeah. pulling 
pulling freight in and off the boxcars. Yeah. The boxcars are quite cool as well. I, I really like it when uh, Warcradle do their blogs for these because they mm. tend to put in like a little story mm. about it. So for this one, it was sort of like investigators sneaking around trying to look for things. And I sort of came up with the idea of you could have this as a place where cultists could have their lair and you've had to go and work out what's going on there because they've taken out the security guards and like that stuff. So yeah, some really fun yeah. stuff for building up interesting narratives on the tabletop. Okay. Uh, moving away from the destroyed Augusta, which could also work for um, Walking Dead, and I'm thinking about it actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the rack mm-hmm. of um, We have Retribution, obviously, the tide of Retribution. It's a lovely old place, and there's some bizarre stuff going on here. I mean, that theater, <laughs> that's screaming off the deep end. Yeah. Which is really nice, especially look at their magnificent organ. Yeah. What do you think? Beautiful. Stunning, isn't it? Mm. Uh, And little (laughs) incidental set in pieces like that really help, especially with um, large buildings where you may not have a lot of dividing walls and stuff inside. So if you are going to play skirmish games where you're running inside and running and gunning, it's handy to have something to hide behind, even if it's just a magnificent organ. Let the pipes go. Interiors are detailed as well in these, so mm. they, they well, or at least they're coloured inside anyway. So yeah. you, you, it's not like you're going to look at the outside and be like, "This is beautiful," and then you go inside and you're like, "Oh, it's just an MDF box." So yeah, <laughs> they have tinkered around with the insides to give you a really nice look, which is good. So. And of course, if you pick up the uh, Sarissa book that we were looking at last week, mm. you can go in and do some extra footering, lovely wallpapering, lovely what mm. exactly? That's all you need to do, just wallpaper. Through the occasional carpet down. Yeah. I, would I think really it was like a bit of this plant. I think it was, was a bit of this terrain that me yeah. and Justin were looking at from Mythos. Oh, yeah. Well, that we very good for it. Yeah. yeah. There's is another this? set that Wayland do as well that's very like 1920s. Oh. But we'll, I think a couple of these. We'll get to the Mythos stuff. Because oh, oh. we're, ju- we're still just in the Wiki Wiki Wawa. So <laughs> the town of Retribution is um, unlike Augusta. Uh, fully on board with uh, the cash flow of mm-hmm. a, a new wealthy town, so much so that they can afford to have a theatre and no holes in the roofs, which <laughs> in and of itself is, you know, terrific. Um, and the, massive, the rain and the gunfire out. Both, so. both of these. It's quite nice, but where's the... There we go. There's some of our substructures. So you can see what's going on with that. I mean, the massive long-horned cow symbol up top there, presumably rancher's house or a witch could be there <laughs> or a rancher witch yeah. Ranch- oh the worst kind of witches a rancher <laughs> witch anyway so yeah retribution it's delightful uh, and red oak in a similar vein is a bit more not quite as opulently plush it's a bit more deadwood tombstone out on the the fringes of um society so it could just be the, the shacks at the edge of town or it could be a, a you know a, a sprung up mining town where everything's just sort of yeah. being slammed together as quickly as they can. So you've got things like the distillery, most important building, the one that needs to be protected at all costs, and the bank where you keep the paper for lighting fires. <laughs> Protect the distillery. It's definitely the place where an old coot lives. Why, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it. It's got a couple of big, massive pots at the back i just say just break out the copper paint just copper still lose up and away you go hmm. what's whatever what I, I, another 
a nice little touch that I think is quite good about these is obviously these are laser cut pieces, mm. but the burn, the burns a little bit when it, you come to the edges of things actually mm. ends up adding to the look of the finished product in some cases, especially with these, which have been a little bit more battered and blasted up. Mm-hmm. So I really like that touch to it. It's very cool. But, uh, that is a secure bank. <laughs> yeah, but like I say, what's the point? Huh? What? Oh, I mean, you can't live on money. Yeah, bags of it, and you'll starve in the desert. You can <laughs> live on moonshine. Exactly. <laughs> All the nutrition you need. <laughs> and when that's finished, you can go off to Scuffins and Sons Crematorium. Yeah. I like that it has like a conveyor belt system in there as well, because clearly enough people die. Oh, and yeah. then you've also got the boots as well, the used boots. A- ask inside. <laughs> it's good. So cool. Yeah. And if you're very lucky, you might even be able to get a full set of dentures out of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for the best. But even things like the coffin lids as as roofing. As, as yeah. roofing around nice it. Nice dodge. It's just it's just really cute. We're all home to that. So um that's the old ready oak sort of stuff. So that's your your dead wood, your tombstones. Look, even got a shedder outside. There's Jerry's proper house. half moon. Yeah. So it's just that that's all I need to live in because then there's one of those massive, massive multi-storied barns that's just crammed full with things out the back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just need to sort your sort yourself out either way. Um, not spent too long going through all of these. I think this is the second last of our Wild Wild West ones. So the Buckthorn Ranch and Stables. And as you can see, again, there's a, a theme behind it. So it is just a, a rancher's side of town. You've got the corral, the grain silo, the big barn, and again, the incidental pieces. So, you the know, pumps and things. Tractor and hand pumps for the troughs to feed the animals. And all sorts grain silo as well. Yeah, pretty cool. You could do um, what's the Shyamalan movie with the aliens? signs? You could do signs, but Wild West Exodus. <laughs> that is true. You know dark, they do exist rays. in yeah. Wild West Exodus. So yeah, 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 yeah. Any watches in the bar? Um, yeah. So Buckthorn Ranches is nice. It's a ranch. It's filled with good, good stuff. However, Black Lake oh. Bayou. Where has this been my all my life? These, I think, yeah. You know, take your stuff out to the uh, the swamps in Louisiana. You've got your house falling to rack and ruin with the stat sitting in a corner, grumbling because he's all ugly and manky and moss-covered now. <laughs> that's what they do. And if they're not there, then they're on their sunken paddle steamer. Yeah. And that offers up interesting possibilities because I do see some swamp tables but nobody really leans into the, the the big rivers and instead of just having buildings everywhere actually having boats mm. and that i mean is genius that yeah. needs to be on a piece with some clear resin yes mm. it needs mm-hmm. to be actually sunk into a base of some sort it would look amazing oh yeah yeah that's simple enough to do mm. you do that next week shay <laughs> No, <laughs> cover it, cover it in vines and everything as well. I'm having no. sort of like oh, yeah. twisting through the metalwork. There's yeah. jerry can on vines. You can do that shake really there easily. There you go. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave the string yeah. up that I used. Very good that way. <laughs> Look at the Bayou Summer House. I mean, yeah, sure. 
public. <laughs> Theoretically, it is. Definitely a place there, to relax. There appears to be a tree growing through the uh, through the wall. Yeah. And again, it's um, it's a serviceable piece of terrain. If you want to do more, you can do. So the tree that's pushed through the ceiling and pushing out the wall uh, is obviously just layered MDF. Uh, that could be weaked in the bin and you could replace it with just um, like a wire twisted tree that you've made yourself. Mm. That would be nice. Anyway, or actual branches. <laughs> yeah, or actual branches. Yeah. I don't like to harm trees yeah. there. Because <laughs> I've seen the Day of the Triffids. Because that's where the squirrels live. That's, that's where the squirrels yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. Can't take um, the little porches off nope. their trees. Uh, this theoretically is the last of the Wexodus, but also I like to think of the first of the sci-fi. Um, mm. So obviously the Promethean Forge, this is what some lucky son of a son of a son is going to get. Um, the Promethean Complex, where all the Promethean is refined with the massive big derricks. That's good, yeah. But at the same time, it worked very well for non-Wild West Exodus things, so 40K, Necromunda, yeah. uh, Judge Dread, things like that. Things where you just want height. Yeah. Because there's an awful lot of coverage, but sometimes you want a bit of height. Mm-hmm. You want to have a sniper on top of a tower shooting people in the face as they attempt to run across ground. I, I am always a fan of having terrain that you push people off of so that they mm. fall to their deaths. Yeah. Or in the case of this, there's that really awesome silo with the like hole in the middle, like the generator, where you can mm. just push someone in that and just watch them burn. Just watch them uh, burn. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, flat I, was, I was about to say, you're right. <laughs> My week's been fine. He's, he's having a moment. Just, uh, just let him yeah. ride out. The end of Goldeneye is so good for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Queen of country, James. <laughs> Um, but yes, moving away from the Wild Wild West, uh, the sort of more generic sci-fi stuff, you've got the Amiga Defense, uh, which is a set of bunkers and the like, obviously excellent for 40k. Um, and then some of their older pieces, which aren't colored. Um, things like the Necro Tower and Bridge Set, again, excellent for the likes of 40k or Necro or Stargrave or whatever, whatever you want to lay your hands on, scenery-wise. Mm. Just big, chunky industrial scenery with a lot of height and distance. Good for Necromunda and Firefight as well. Now, these ones that aren't currently um, painted up in any way, shape, or form, I'm not saying they won't become painted up uh, because they have form for us. Um, the Immortal Tombs, we have a copy of this yep. uh, on the gaming shelves in our gaming hall uh, and it came uncolored just prime wood however they clearly have decided to go back uh, and then do, do the, the coloration in it so there's a, a gray slash um, light green affair mm. going on with it so if you've watched prior nexus recently maybe oh you know, yeah. <laughs> yes we have yes we have i don't know what that means just have a little death mark sneaking around, teleporting all over the place, being way better than they are on the tabletop. <laughs> oh, is it one of the 40k cartoons? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm back in the game. Yeah. So yeah, uh, again, they may come back and redo these, but as far as just generic 40k scenery uh, or sci-fi terrain yeah. goes that you can lay your hands on and, and build up for your table, it's got a lot going on for it. That's a bit oriental on us, isn't it? Mm. Infinity, I'm reckoning here. Mm. 
So. That, that looks like a takeaway in Preston that I walked past. That's, it's, 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 that's it's, what it's based on. Oh my god! <laughs> Not beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah. Um, so yeah, decent selection of the old uh, generic sci-fi type things, mm-hmm. and then we hit the mythos stuff. Shay, that's the one I was looking at. Miscam, Miscam, mm-hmm. everyone say Miscam. Yes. So half Miskatonic, half Arkham. Miskim. That's the one. Or see what they, see what they've done there. Yeah. No, no, stop it. Um, oh, the hammers! They have. Are you Cameron? <laughs> um, I mean, right? Yes. Okay. So right off the bat, uh, a whole host of that Art Deco style mm. uh, building, obviously perfectly suited for Mythos, but Malifaux and the like as well would work on it. Yes, and uh, and there's no reason why some of this stuff couldn't be in London or Paris. Mm-hmm. So, if you're playing games like uh, War Transformed, if you want to want to take to the streets of Gay Paris, could um, could also make it work for Fallout based on warfare. Oh yeah, that's right because yeah, it's got yes. a very deco feel, doesn't it? Yeah, it's an art fifties art deco kind of thing going on. Mm, cool. Look, tiny little broom cars. Broom, broom. They're cool. Definitely safe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a choice between that and staying with the people with the fishy look, I'm getting that, the that's car. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't stop me. I love uh, the firehouse as well. The uh, with yes. that sort of nod to um, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Stuff. Yes. Yeah. Look, tiny little mailboxes. Although, All that terrain, and again, Jerry is obsessed with the little mailboxes. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's because you need stuff to hide behind in the street. You can yeah, have, yeah. How many times I've played games where there's been really nice terrain? all over the place and nobody goes in them no they all stay outside well. yeah. and get shot in the face mm. so as as many things as i can throw in the street now sometimes i may go a bit too far like when i'm teaching somebody how to play bot war and go you know it would look great all the cars and then we discover just how much damage a car wing at your head can do <laughs> do, I, do, I, do i resent that no not looking at anybody in particular there jerry no 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 shit no. No. <laughs> no, no. i wasn't there no. don't know who it was I've decided to multi-base my car show so that you can only throw a single base now. <laughs> Damn it! That's oh. giving me that's giving me the car coverage I want, uh-huh. but at the same time denying you ammunition. Of ammunition. <laughs> He's too smart for me. Yep, uh, got there eventually. Uh, Dunsmith, then, uh, just like Dun uh, Dunwich and Innsmouth, mm. um, a bit more out in the coast, fishing village, a bit more run down uh, again. Fancy looking little cars. Look at them. Choo choo. I like that. That's fancy. Do you remember a long time ago we did a ND slash 3D print? French guy did World War One tanks. Mm. And, it, and he showed mm. how to take a side yeah. front and plan view and pull them apart in Blender to turn it into a tank. Yep. I remember that. That was cool. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just reminiscing about old times now. <laughs> better days uh, better happier happier times the un- there we go fisherman's hut look at that these these would be very very good for anybody who's diving into 7tv stuff mm. uh, from crooked dice and playing around with all their cthulhu mythosy stuff um would be just perfect for them well, if you just range. just want some filth down at the docks in carnivale mm. yeah. yes very true yeah and look at clock tower Again, somewhere you can put a sniper. 
Mm-hmm. Very important. I was saying I spend a lot of time thinking about wearing pud snipers. And yet, strangely, when I play games, rarely bring a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> it's often because snipers in games just get done over. They well, get yeah, attacked they get... by like, a whole squad or something and die. <laughs> yeah, you, you put a sniper up there and the first thing is somebody levels a 105 mil howitzer yeah. up the, and just removes the top of the building. And you go, if, oh. yeah. if Private Ryan taught us anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to range in my mortar. Oh, a six. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this this monumental beast is particularly good. Telling Tilling past a manner. I mean, there, there's a chunky piece of tree and what are you mm-hmm. 50 centimeters by 36 centimeters lovely chunky a nice set piece if you wanted to do something extravagant with a role-playing game as well nope have that as the setting for your <laughs> murder mystery cthulhu adventure perhaps so that was a stern no jerry <laughs> what, what about <laughs> no what about uh, a murder mystery game where the models are playing cluedo <laughs> Yes, on that little table, do a little Cluedo kit. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Print out Tiny Risk. That would be great. P-Works have got a a Cthulhu-style game coming at some point. They do. That I have no idea Mm. anything about it except for like three or four short stories they've published so far. Mm. Maybe you could play that in here. Mm. Look at that. You can run up, hill, and down, deal. That is Scooby-Doo. That is screaming for like fancy wall decorations and maybe some LED lights, like little... Hanging chandeliers, chandeliers and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have Del and Rodney dropping one? I've never tinkled on the ivories. Roll a d20 when he next to that piano and it opens a secret door in the MDF mm. terrain. There you go. So, yeah. Poor Uncle Albert. He hit the right bolt. They were just under the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the last couple are more fantasy-esque mm. than... Um, than anything else so it's sort of again generic you could use them for anything from sigmar to kings of war more time obviously mm. uh they've got that nice sort of european uh plaster and lathe sort of wall mm. look to them so they'll, they'll fit in with a lot of stuff you probably yeah. even use them at a pinch in some fantasy gaming mm. uh, and again and this is one that completely passed me by i hadn't realized that they'd done anything in the way of it's a bloody great castle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, like I said, I hadn't realized they'd done a fantasy set. Yeah. They've just been quietly just increasing the amount of kit that they've been doing yeah. uh, f- over the years. I like the gatehouse a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a really nice little gatehouse. Very nice if, if you wanted to do um, frost gravy stuff and mm-hmm. then just use nice snow effects on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, there's a cage that you put people in and they teach you orcish. <laughs> that'll make sense to people next week probably please pay attention there's a lot <laughs> going on in this episode <laughs> anyway so yes uh, Klimberg Castle I mean that's that's a chunky bit of kit I'm, so I'm, ho- good. I'm hoping yeah. for plans here because I want to see how big the um, the square yeah, is the, the actual yeah. Yeah. footage is we saw it as well, but they do they do the siege kit to then attack this castle as well. This one, great, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. And look, bonus stairs. Yeah, so you can get roll, down. roll them up to the <laughs> nice and easy way to get on the roof. I don't think that's don't think that's how that's supposed to work. <laughs> and a very bucket mm. for that uh, that young Mister. Uh, 
young Mr. Lloyd. Yeah. I kind of want to make enough, I get enough of the castle wall stuff and then mm. put the manor house in the middle of it. Mm. Oh, yes. oh, you're not going to tell me what you are. Damn you. It's a pr- spooky Dracula-esque style thing. Probably mm. if I go in and find the individual castle sections, it may tell me. So presumably they do. Do they? No. No. Oh, I'll just have to imagine. Probably six inches per wall section would be my guess. It looks. It looks, looks like a right. chunky piece. Six, six. Yeah. yeah. So eighteen, yeah. and then probably four for the squares. Eighteen and eight, twenty-six over so two finished square. Mm. We could ask someone. I could just ask <laughs> yeah. somebody in the studio. Yeah, I, I could. I could. I'll yeah. message after we've done this, and I'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. We will tell you. You won't get to see this because this will all be after we finish filming, and we're not going to put the <laughs> we're not going to put that information in there. But we'll know, and it'll stop annoying me. And that's the main thing in life. <laughs> uh, there is one final set, which is the uh, the little Eston village. Uh, again, nice little generic fantasy bits, including the little village market and the watchtower. Um, a touch of the old Viking about it. Put some uh, Elder Scrolls call to arms on this. Oh, there you go. So. Oh, that's very clever, Mister Bond. Yeah. Or yeah. you could go full full Midsummer. And, <gasps> uh, yes. And uh, set up some weird cultist activity inside there. Need to build some cliffs. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. too can fall to your death. <laughs> <laughs> Is it with you and falling to death? <laughs> Been a to hard fair. week. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, only one fell to their death. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that that's incredibly big. I've I've been tinkering around with the idea of doing like a little fun Beowulf style mini game where you yeah. have uh, Beowulf and his men fighting against Grendel. Sure, and that would be perfect. Oh, for perfect that. for the whole. Yeah, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Look, it's got that big uh, sacred oak on the the outside that the uh, thing has there as well. Mm. That must be the town symbol. Somebody who's good with Norse runes, quickly translate. What does that say? <laughs> no? No one? Anyone? And then don't tell us, because we're not no, going to tell you about the dimensions. Gonna, yeah, well, so. <laughs> it's like whenever uh, Warlord released uh, Slania, and they put Ohm's script at the top of every page, and I translated it, and they misspelt it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's gone. I'm pretty sure that should say the Horned God, but you've written it back to front, because Ohm's wrote in a particular right. way uh, and that's the wrong letter that the, the, oh, the no. slant in a different direction so they were, I mean they were so close but only a real nerd would go oh look home script I wonder what it says and then go and find an alphabet <laughs> anywho so yeah um, War Cradle Studios been quietly putting together a substantial amount of train across pretty much all genres now a whole world of a whole of world train. of yeah. train hmm. Shall we have a look at some news? Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the news. <laughs> okay, we have a ton of news to get through. Oh, and yes. We're going to be kicking it off in feudal Japan. We are, yeah. 
So uh, the folks at Fireforge Games, um, they had done a Kickstarter for these very nice plastic samurai uh, not too long ago, and they are soon, soon going to be available for you to pick up in lovely hard plastic form from their web store. Um, so if you've ever wanted to build a samurai army and you've wanted to make sure that the majority of your models all have the same aesthetic and look, then there's pretty much covers everything really mm. um so they've done uh sets of samurai and they've done sets of ashigaru as well so you've got three sets of the samurai and then two of the ashigaru for you to choose from there's the samurai warriors there's the samurai shooters and there's the mounted samurai as well and they all come armed with different weapons so you have your regular old samurai who are armed with uh, uh what are they called again katana or yes Naganatas. yes yari naganata and Ka- and katana your shooters are armed with yumi and teppo so bows and guns mm-hmm. and then your mounted samurai are armed with yumi yuri and katana as well which i think is very nice uh very very uh good little plastic kits these ones if you've ever picked up any of their stuff before like their medieval bits and pieces and all that kind of thing these are very much in line with what the, the quality of stuff that you've seen uh from their other ranges and stuff so a, a good option for those people that want to dive in and tinker around with some plastics um we had a look at uh, there's a picture of a sprue later on in this which mm. we'll look at but um that one's uh, kind of shows off that you uh, you've got sort of like nice body and leg combos then you can play around with the arms as much as you like uh, and then mess around with a whole host of different heads and everything as well which is good to see so you can actually get some really nice poses out of these so if you're making a larger army then obviously you can just do rank and file as you normally would do just stick them all together as quickly as possible so you can just start getting painting uh, but if you want to build something a little bit more skirmishy then you can maybe pick up a couple of these different sets and actually play around with the poses a little bit more mm. and do some fun tinkering which I think is quite nice um on the Ashigaru side of things, you've got your regular warriors. They are armed with Yari and Naganata. So you've got your classic uh, spears and stuff there, which is good to see. And I love the flags on the back. Always mm. good. <laughs> uh, and then you have Ashigaru uh, shooters who come with Yumi and Teppo. So you can once again go with bows and swords there too. Um, I know that when I showed these to Lloyd, he was just like, ah, crap. Yep. <laughs> so- I... I- Back the Kickstarter, and then I cancelled the Kickstarter, and I backed the Kickstarter. I did it back and forth about 15 times. I eventually just went, no, no, because I'm a man <laughs> of iron will and walked away. Uh, am I regretting that a little bit? But I like the fact that they've done this. Um, so it's six bodies per frame. Yes. And you have optional heads and optional <laughs> legs. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do a firing line, for want of a better word, where your front rank is kneeling or sitting, mm-hmm. um, then that is that is doable. Yes. Uh, so there's there's plenty of options in there. Yeah, there's 24 really models per set for the infantry, and mm-hmm. then the cavalry sets are 12 mid-inches. So you've got a, a whole host of bits to play around with with these. Um, definitely enough to make yourself some armies. Yeah, I would reckon that Alfonso the traitor in our community is probably looking at these going, ooh. <laughs> I, I don't I mean, he's paid he an awful more, lot. Right? He, I can't <laughs> imagine why he would need any more, but it's, it's doable. Um, I'm looking at them from the point of view of Clash of Katanas because mm, I'll yeah. have I'll have two sets of – I'll have a set of Samurai from Zenith um, from their last Kickstarter, mm-hmm. um, but then I've also got the Iko Iki um, Rebel Monks as another um, force. But I don't – the the Samurai from Zenith I got were the um, – Oh, the female set for their uh, the Honor Bugatia Senate's fantasy game. Oh, yes. yes, So it it can be used for Clash, but Mm -hmm. obviously it's not 
historically accurate. I just thought they're really nice miniatures. I'll have those. So I could mm. potentially go back and pick up a set of these and maybe well, put together a little yeah. third yeah. Samurai Force. But I mean, what, what's quite nice, if you're looking at games like Ronin or mm. Um, mm. Test of Honor, these are great sets for those kind of games. Uh, I will a note on proportions. Someone had apparently got their hands on some of these and, and gave us a, a little bit of a sneaky peeky. Oh, look, Jerry's got the rules. What a surprise. <laughs> um, but they're a little bit larger in proportions than the stuff that you get from Warlord, which is the old yes. War Games factory ones. So they're a little bit more on the heroic side, I say, yeah. I guess. But that just means they're a little bit easier to paint and stuff. And, well, so, and that also means they can fit very nicely into anything you want to do that was slightly more fantasy themed yeah. as well, which is nice. I mean, well, so. apart from that, a lot of a lot of people have picked up miniatures from the likes of Steel Fist and Zenith mm-hmm. and the Perrys. And there's a whole host of companies out there doing samurai um, yeah. all of which i think without exception are bigger and slightly mm. heftier chunky than the war games factory slash warlord plastics uh, so mixing and matching these uh, should be a much simpler proposition mm-hmm. uh, if you've already picked up some of the especially some of the hero sets um mm. so steel fist steel fist's character sets are just a joy um, right but obviously relatively expensive uh, so bulking out the army with some plastics could always be a winner <laughs> yes like it like it a lot seeing somebody running uh samurai as um elves in kings of war that Ooh, was interesting good so, choice yeah mm-hmm. it was a really nice choice mm-hmm. and speaking of uh kings of war's clash of kings for 2024 is uh, mm-hmm. up for pre-order due out shortly um if you're unaware every year Yes, let's say every year. Um, Mantic go back and do a Clash of Kings book. Sometimes it's tied to a campaign and they've got scenarios and campaign missions in it. Sometimes it's uh, a little standalone thing. Um, but in all of them, they always rebalance uh, the current army lists. And this is no different. Uh, but more than that, as you can see from the front cover, it also includes the first publication of the Twiglitkin um, rules in paper format. They're already on the companion app because I've been list building like a mother funster uh, since they popped up there two weeks ago. Um, it's a fascinating little thing. You've got rebalancing, which is always good because if you've been playing with a, an army and you're constantly going, well, why would I pick that unit? It's absolutely uh, pish. So they go back in and they go, well, what if we, you know, decrease the points by five or we give it mm. an extra crushing strength or we do something to tweak it, to change it up. Uh, and so the Clash of Kings does that. They uh, they go in and they go, well, these armies are behind the curve. Uh, and so between the, the rules writers and the rules committee, who are uh, just Kings of War players from around the world, um, they they all have a say and a bit of input and, and rebalance things to make it a uh, better competitive game. But then even non-competitive players like myself can go in and go, well, that's fun. Or they add little formations uh, where it may be a case of bringing goblin mob-based riders. So goblin cavalry, they added a formation called the bang sticks where they've got explosive <laughs> explosive lances and um, they do double damage on a six, but they also inflict one damage on themselves when they go off. Uh, so it was just a way of getting people to take units and unit, uh, that they may not ordinarily pick right. uh, by giving them a little bit of a bump. So that's the sort of thing Clash of Kings contains, um, balances, list builds, new ways to, to play. Sometimes there are new scenarios as well. 
who knows? Um, but this is the culmination of a year's worth of playing around with the Twiglet Kin. Um, they took them out of last year's Clash of Kings. They didn't have a list. Um, and then they took them off the companion app at the start of the year because they didn't want people buying something that was no longer going to be the same. You know, what a nice philosophy. Be before <laughs> before a new list, you know, it was like this army is coming out next year. Therefore, I think it was January or February, they went, took it away. You knew that something was changing, and boy, did it change. Um, and so there's a whole host of, of ways you can pick up the twiglets. Uh, right off the bat, there's the new Raging Void starter set, which pits the Abyssal Dwarves against the uh, twiglets um, and the new two-player starter. Uh, so as you can see, 40 Abyssal Dwarves up against 40 uh, gribbly creatures of the Twilight variety. Um, some of these are unfortunates who have spent too long in the void some of these are poor unfortunates who were kidnapped and thrown into the void um, but they're good to be fired off like a glass cannon um <laughs> there's also the impalers who are going to show up oh, everywhere i watched the battle report with good. them yesterday uh on the lazy pirates channel and uh oh imperial twilight kind of very much a glass hammer they will do a lot of damage when they get in there but if you, if you can hit them they'll take a bit of damage back um so i love the models two so good nice. core armies and more importantly, that beast of a book, which is the full rules that contains every army list except Twilight Ken, because it was printed before the Twilight Ken. So this is the, but this is the current uh, gamer edition. Um, so you don't need to get any other book because this little booklet here that is the scenario campaign for the Raging Void uh, contains all the the Twilight Ken lists Brilliant. that are in there, and then you can get the full list on the. The, the app anyway or if you pick up clash of kings they'll all be in there um, but this expands the the storyline that started last year and then popped up in some of the um the novels where the abyssal dwarves have been having conflict with the, the twiglets uh and that's obviously cropped up again during the the no we are the evil ones Grr. yeah well different type of evil so <laughs> you know uh, demonic rather than nightmare fuel uh, yeah so yeah uh, but i like the fact that they do these two-player starter sets they don't take the old two-player starter set away it's still there um so there's currently northern alliance against uh night stalkers halflings against Riftforged orcs um ogres against terrible triumph dead and uh and now obviously abyssals against twiglets uh so mm. you've got options you know sometimes you get people go well i want to start but that starter set doesn't have the an army that i'm keen on well there's mm. there's plenty of options or you can just go ahead and grab the the bits you need yeah. um there's obviously a whole host <clears> then <throat> of uh new ways you can collect the twilight kin so the ambush set uh which contains some of the new corsairs and the impalers so they're all hard plastics and the uh so that's the ambush set there is it might be no, that's the that's that's the army. That's the army set. Yeah, with the navigator. It comes with the character in there. Yeah, yeah. So. Corsair leader, and then the mega army with your navigator mounted and void skiffs. Um, so interesting to see what they've finally done with the Twilight Kin. We've talked about them a little bit in the past, uh, so I won't go on too much. Um, but they play very differently from a lot of other things. Uh, so there are a lot about buffs and debuffs based on the heroes uh, and the hero then affects the unit so certain ones like the navigator may give um auras of of stealthy and spell ward to protect elves but then mm -hmm. give auras that buff the combat mutants 
that have come oh, out of the okay. void. So depending on the, the, the units you set them up to support, they'll, they'll behave in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of fun to be had with them. I've held off so far because I wanted to see what the list was like before I get into Twiglets. <laughs> That'll probably be for the new year. And yes, Mikhail is here and he is no longer a unit obliterating uh, lunatic with defensive seven untouchable, impervious to bullets, mummy. Um, He's he's much more toned down, but still absolute filth. Uh, and we know what he's doing in Panathor now. He's hooking around looking for shards of the Fendulian mirror. Uh, he's oh. got one in the shield. He's still he's still fairly filth, just not as hugely filth. But before we leave it, I will say one of the most interesting things about um, the Clash of Kings book for me was what they didn't rebalance or tweak or change. Right. Uh, they specifically said. Abyssals, so the sort of the demonic entities in Panathor, and the Trident Realms, who are fishmen, uh, fishmen and Kraken and that sort of stuff, they both didn't get anything because next year Ooh. they're both getting army refreshes. I imagine not as huge as the Twiglets have got, which is pretty much whole army from new cloth from the ground up, but they're both coming next year. Uh, so Very that's cool. good. Because I've um, I've got those armies, so I'll be interested to see what they do. Maybe I'll paint them before they get changed. <laughs> no, I won't. Anyway, it's an aspiration. Oh, very, very aspirational. But like most of my aspirations, they get sunk. Right. What's up next, then, Ben? Uh, talking of sinking things, uh, we're looking to a fun uh, board game set during World War Two that I think John will be very excited to see return. Oh. Do you remember playing U-Boot, John? Of course I remember U-Boot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a stickler in my side since the copy in here disappeared. Oh, I wonder where. Mm. Uh, but yes, so Phalanx, uh, they're going to be bringing back U-Boot uh, for you to play once again. Uh, the original was released in 2019, and it is coming back to Kickstarter on the 24th of October. Yee! You're going to be able to get your hands on either the cardboard version or the plastic one, and there's a whole bunch of other bits and pieces thrown into this as well. If you've never played U-Boot before or know what it's about, uh, it can be played solo or it can be played with a group of four people uh, as you work cooperatively to run a U-boat, uh, a German U-boat, as you go off on different missions uh, to try and sink lots of convoys of the Allies, um, so yes, you'll take on the role of the likes of the captain, the first officer, the navigator, and the chief engineer, and you'll all have very different jobs as you'll have to sort of manage the crew and make sure that you keep things running as you sort of take on all sorts of different foes in, uh, from the Allies as you go around the world. Um, one of the nice things about this as well is that it comes with like a fun companion app at the same time, which can be, it is kind of integral to how the game works. It is, yeah. Yeah. So you've got like a little periscope and all sorts of different things so you can look out for stuff. Oh, it's so nice and what's, interactive. What, what's cool about it is when, when we did the Let's Play, when you had the companion app on the phone and uh, you were doing the periscopic view, you could just spin on your chair to turn the right, turn the periscope around. <laughs> it's, it, it's such an immersive and deep game uh, yeah. with with moments of sheer and utter panic when something happens, like if you get depth charged and now the boat is get, is taking water on, and you're like, okay, mm. we need to figure out where the water is and how to get it out. Yeah, um, it it oh, was look. a. I even it dressed was. up for it. Look at that. <laughs> it's like Captain Bird's eyes come to see. Us. Yes, <laughs> it it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And I've I've always wanted to try and get people back into to playing it. And um, mm -hmm. now that this is coming, I'm clearly going for the plastic one. I'm not going for the cardboard one. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, you're going to um, 
paint and weather that thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn right, we're going to add some lights and stuff too. Maybe get a switch in there so that when something happens, you can switch to red light. Red light. Boat. Yeah. Mm. It was quite funny. When you get the this, pre- John, mm. I'm playing it with you. <laughs> you know what? It was right. quite funny reading the press release because they're like, because they were like, ah, it comes with a fully functioning plastic U boat, and I was like, can you play this in the bath? <laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, of course. But uh, as an additional uh, bonus for this uh, version of the game, obviously it's the second printing, so they'll have tweaked a couple of things and cleaned up some rules and that kind of stuff. But they've also added to the app a mission builder. So the game comes with mm. the ability to play solo games, linked games, or full campaigns if you want to. But the mission builder allows you to build and then share your own adventures that you want to do with uh, with U-Boot, U-Boot. Sorry. So if you wanted to build a map and you wanted to make it slightly easier or slightly harder for everybody, then you can throw that into the world and see if people complain about it somewhere on the internet, which I think is quite nice. <laughs> so very, very Would cool they? stuff. Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot what the internet was for a moment there. Yeah. Yeah. You, you spawn into a, a, uh, into a, a custom-made game and it's just other submarines you're fighting you're like oh bugger (laughs) (laughs) i mean the interesting thing about a scenario builder is actual specific world war ii missions Mm. that that have been planned out could then be imported into it so you could go and look for specific um could you could you be um gunther preen could you be gunther preen and go and sink the royal oak or whatever you know can you sneak into the harbor and sink the, the aircraft carrier the kind of stuff you could come up with and have fun yeah, with. Just, yeah. just how Definitely. tight is it to navigate around Scarpa Flu? Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting to see where it goes. I imagine yeah, we'll definitely. find out once John gets his copy. I'm, I'm already <laughs> following it. I'm waiting for the notification to say it's gone live. Yeah. Just waiting to see it go live now and just John just drop the headset, walk away and just <laughs> <laughs> dive. Token, token, token. Yep, right. Yeah. Uh, staying with. World War Two mm-hmm. news from Warlord. Yeah, so this one's a little bit of a, a fresh one. So there's not too much information about this as of yet. Um, but Warlord Games have talked about moving into the realm of crowdfunding and also uh, board gaming stuff as well. Um, so they put forward this uh, first look at the cover art for their new game that is going to be coming to crowdfunding and then releasing in spring 2024, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, called Vanguard. Um, it's going to be a mix of resource management as well as troop combat on the tabletop, which I think is going to be very interesting. They've said that it's got some similarities to what you might have played before in bolt action uh, and there have been whispers and stuff in the comments and things on social media and all on tabletop of people talking about uh Stallard saying that maybe it's got a little bit of something to do with kill team in terms of its kind of vibe and feel of it mm. so maybe it's sort of a board-based miniatures game where you use your kind of warlord plastics to fight out battles and things maybe they do something slightly quirky with that and stuff it'll be very interesting to see what they do but i am intrigued um it sounds like a fun way to sort of get people interested in world war ii combat on the tabletop and it'd be fun to see where they go with it but yeah watch out for more on this one in the future i think yeah, yeah uh, it's interesting that they've gone with a resource management um, mm. sort of aspect to it mm. um, because they obviously bolt action does the uh the ground sort of thing fairly well they already have combined arms as yeah. a yeah. Uh, more strategic well strategic slash tactical mm. um, board game that can be combined with the other games. Yeah. Um, but they haven't really done a, a resource management side to either of them to date. Mm. 
So how much of a change that will make to gameplay could be interesting. It will be interesting. Yeah. I, I, it, it, as I say, it's very new. Apparently they were showing off some bits and pieces of it at Eschen Spiel and stuff. So we might see yeah. some uh, news some come things. out about it on Board Game Geek and that kind of thing in the near future. But um, I know Warlord are very excited about this one. Mm-hmm. So we will keep an eye on it. See where it goes. Okay. Fascinating. Right. Yeah. Uh, off to the Old West. And yeah. we've got a ton of ton of buildings from Black Scorpion. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so Black Scorpion, who a lot of people will know for doing their really nice tombstone range, which is a fantastic section of gunfighters, both slightly weird and wonderful and also historical. Um, and also a game called Tombstone as well. Mm-hmm. They are moving towards doing a Kickstarter, which is uh, starting soon, which is all about 3D printable Wild West terrain. So it seems like Wild West is the vibe right now. And I'm not just saying that because I've got it sitting on my painting table. <laughs> uh, but everyone seems to be making awesome terrain for it at the moment. Uh, and these are going to be STL-only files that will be able to get through the Kickstarter, and they will cover kind of all of the basic stuff that you'd expect to find in a Wild West frontier town. So you're going to have your store, you're going to have your saloons, you've got all your scattered terrain, like fences and everything else like that. You've got your hardware store. Um, it's all been done to the scale of the stuff that uh, Black Scorpion have worked on before, so kind of like 28 to 32 mil, which mm. is, tends to be their miniatures range, slightly more on the heroic side, which I think is quite good. Um, obviously then works with the kind of weird and wonderful stuff that they've been doing. And it also carries through that really nice sculpting style that um, uh, Adam has, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, through. So you get the feel of his work in the train, even though moving into slightly more of a digital space, which I think is quite good. Um, as I say, all just going to be STLs for now, uh, available through the Kickstarter, so you'll be able to get those and get them printed off. Um, and then if you maybe in the future, if it goes very well, we might start to see these released physically, but there are no plans as of yet. But as a first little preview of what's coming up uh, from this, I think they look really, really nice, mm. and uh, I can see a lot of people picking these up. So, yeah. I like the fact that the cell at the side has been uh, brick or adobe or some sort compared to the rest of the the sheriff's office, just been a wooden building. (laughs) Still want to pry those boards off. (laughs) Nice touch. Looks like they've been printed using one of those fidims as as opposed to a a resin. Is there? I I assume there'll be no difference then when it comes to printing, whether it's been. I was going to say cast, whether it's been designed. To be printed on FDM, you'll just get a cleaner version on a on a resin, or you'd you'd get a cleaner version. But what I would say is you'd get a more fragile thing if you did it in the resin. Um, you're oh, you're better. Okay. Maybe if it depends how the STLs break down. Like if mm. say the signage and stuff was a separate piece, you could run those out on resin and make them. Nice oh, and to make crisp. those nice and crisp. Yeah, yep. I don't think the woodwork matters that much. If anything, it probably adds a little bit of texture probably. after a, a touch yeah. of sanding. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. To give you an idea, these were printed on an AnyCubic Viper FDM. So there you go. If that oh, if, if that means something to you. No. Vipers <laughs> were my favourite in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Watch out for that Kickstarter very soon. And uh, yeah, be looking forward for more because there are apparently loads and loads of buildings that he's been working on. So yeah. It'd be interesting to see just how big the town gets. Mm. Right, we'll be wrapping up the news shortly, but it wouldn't be a news section without Games Workshop. 
so it's warhammer day tomorrow good uh so there'll probably be a preview full of amazing things excellent uh and we're not talking about them because we're doing the show before the date but anyway never mind say nothing (laughs) Uh, casual yeah uh so uh new releases uh coming up for pre-order this weekend are going to be a whole host of bits and bobs um for the horus heresy so starting things off there is a new book called exemplary battles of the age of darkness which is a new take on the older books that they used to do um for the last edition of the game this one comes with new rules for that big chunky fulgrim model that uh, we saw previewed not too long ago alongside running the traitor legions of the Emperor's Children as well on the tabletop. Uh, you'll also find loads of uh, new battles and everything else in there as well, as you would expect by the name. So if you're interested in picking up that and following through on uh, where to take the demonic Fulgrim and his lovely fellows, then you'll be able to get stuck in and pick that up. There is also a new battle group box set as well. So this is the one that contains the Mark III tactical uh, well, the Mark III Space Marine armor. Um, so you'll get a whole host of those in there alongside the Derrideo, Dreadnought, and a Land Raider as well. Uh, so very classic stuff, but also an update on the previous Mark III kits. So if you didn't pick those up before, then you've got a new one to play around with. And they're just as modular as the other kits that Games Workshop have been doing in plastic for the Horus Heresy in this new edition. So you can mix and match things as they as the Legions would have done during the Horus Heresy, so you can play around with loyalists and traitors to your heart's content. If you're a big fan of things like salamanders and that kind of thing, then these are going to be very nice patterns of armor for people to play around with. Uh, as I say, the Derrideo is there as well, so if you want your walking gun platform, <laughs> you have the option to do so. Uh, equally good at destroying infantry as it is blowing holes inside of tanks, and uh, we know how people like running combined arm stuff of dreadnoughts and all sorts of things in the Horus Heresy, so make sure to blow those to pieces. Um, And then last but not least, you've also got the Armory of the Sons of Horus set. Um, So this is for those people who want to outfit their elite troops with those brutal weapons, uh, both uh, new patterns of bolters and also the mellow weapons as well. So use these on your veteran squads and that kind of thing to give them an extra bit of pizzazz. Uh, So a good mix of different bits and pieces there from both Games Workshop's plastic stuff and also the Forge World. So everything that you saw in the battle group is the plastic stuff, which is nice to see. So mm-hmm. the Derrida is finally available in plastic and available without a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Armoury of the Sons of Horus is the Forge That's World really resin good. stuff that you can bolt onto the side of your collection. So yeah, very cool. It's interesting. I was going to ask, um, because obviously I know that a lot of the stuff had been Forge World, and then mm-hmm. it would be specific. So the fact that that's got a big eye on the front of that Land Raider, there's the potential that that's separate. And yeah, so that'll be yeah, just part of a plastic that, kit. Yeah. That that Land Raider is already an existing kit. Yes, so it's, the Proteus. Yeah, Proteus. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah, I don't know. Protean, Proteon, one of them. I think it's Proteus. <laughs> yeah, it's a Land Raider. Yeah. yeah, it's a Land Raider. It's an old Land Raider. Mark, yeah. Mark IV, I think that's what they called it, didn't they? Yeah. Land Raider Mark IV. There, there you go. It's all the yeah. lovely little pickle helms. Do team go. Uh, beer. So very nice stuff there. Good if you're looking to either start a Horus Heresy Force or just add to one that already exists. Uh, and as I say, yeah, there's also this like Warhammer Day preview where they're probably talking about the old world and doing some cool stuff, but whatever. Who cares about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go back to putting on Twilight Ken lists. Yeah. I'm just 
tell you now, they're filth. They're fast filth <laughs> as well. Right. Uh, that's enough news. We'll just take a quick swish. And when we come back, we'll be wrapping up the show. Okay, we are back. It's time to look at some 3D printing. Mm. And which will shock nobody at all. It's it's Wild West based. <laughs> it's very much. I mean, I'm not saying we're we're in a rut at the moment or anything. But we're in some sort of Wild West well, and we can't get out. Help, help, throw me so. rope. Yeah, we're in the creek. <laughs> we surrounded, surrounded by engines. We don't have a paddle. Uh, but you might be able to 3D print one <gasps> with the folks at Knuckle Duster. So we've had a look at Knuckle Duster stuff in the past as part of an Indie of the Week because they do absolutely amazing Wild West mm. miniatures that cover both the kind of Hollywood stuff but also mm -hmm. the historical. And they also have a really good game as well called Gunfighter's Ball. Mm. Uh, but because people have been hammering on at, uh, at uh, Knuckle Duster to do it, they have actually now gone and put up a whole bunch of their digital SDL stuff uh, on their web store for you to go and get your hands on. So they've done a couple of different factions for you to dive into and print off at home uh, alongside some terrain bits and pieces as well. Uh, and also some uh, nice little bits and pieces for those people that want to go down a slightly more cartoon route as well, which I think is quite mm. nice. But um, they have done this out of the goodness of their hearts, and they've now made a whole bunch of these STL files available for people to download and print off to their heart's content, which I think is just great. Look, cows. <laughs> get into this minute. I, I have a ton of Knuckle Dusters metals. Uh, absolute ton. And I really like them a lot. However, uh, there's one vendor for them in the UK. I don't know if they've got one in Europe. Uh, so otherwise you're ordering from the States, yeah. which does mean this opens it up for more people to get their hands on them. Mm -hmm. Um, which is always a good thing. I do like the idea of adding uh, the likes of the cattle and the the horses and the like as well, though. You can that's start some good. rustling of your own. Very so. much so. Start some or fill a corral with them and then uh, mm. ask them if they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the big standout ones for me here are things like the horses, mm. because I want a load of horses with no tack on them, either in a corral or riding about the outskirts of town in a little um, herd. And they also do a set with a uh, full tack on them that could be then um, put outside the various buildings. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, have your hitching posts. Mm -hmm. uh, I know what you're laughing at there. It's Jake the Peg, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. yeah I see that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to him, don't worry. But having these, because you can mount in mm. dead man's hand uh, and dismount or alternatively they can just be there to be bits of um hard cover to hide behind uh and then uh lower hard cover when they get hit oh. depending on how how you're doing oh. um, does um does does knuckle duster do uh a longhorn with with tack on it so we can get it, mongo's point? It, it doesn't but but mongo's there um needs his longhorn man there is a mounted version of mungo available <laughs> uh so is he on this page no he's not he must be on the next one i'll, I'll open him up as well that's, that's hilarious i know you're all dying <laughs> to see it um there's billy conley begin uh there's the giant played by i can't remember his name 
you'll recognize him from Jaws and stuff. Obviously, yes. that's from Peel Rider, from Clint Eastwood. There's a terrible bush ranger. Mm-hmm. Favorite. Absolute fail. You have not even had a chance to play with them really yet. No. Against, against somebody who knows what they're doing. No, I'd play against Paul. Uh, <laughs> oh, bad. We'll get we'll get to him eventually. Oh. Can't you grab for Mungo? Where are you? Did I how I skipped him? Was he at the start? Oh my god, the chibi stuff. Yeah. Chibi, well, chibi stuff That's is the Arnold Arnold Ford Ford type thing. Yeah. So I've just jumped all over creation here, haven't we? Let's let's drill down and have a look at some of the other bits and bobs before I get completely uh, lost. So there's the elven gunfighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you fancy doing a Wild West version of something like Shadowrun with your elves up against your orcs, that is doable. Yeah, you can you can really put the weird into Wild West, mm-hmm. uh, which is always good. Good clean family fun. And they look absolutely ridiculous. I like Chaps the Orc. Ch- Chaps <laughs> is good. Uh, Boiler is uh, is also interesting because obviously yeah. Boiler's got the bit of a boiler plate there to protect mm-hmm. him. He's come looted for bear. Oh, that's a hell of a big chamber on that gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know what's coming out of that. Six barrels. Twice. <laughs> oh, get, beautiful. Get what you ask for. Uh, but <laughs> Damgan, the three-legged well. man. <laughs> I've often seen this online, uh, and at, at one point I was thinking it's an artifact of the the sculpt where they had just <laughs> not because they always show the renders, and then I mm-hmm. finally see the model. I was like, oh no, 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 he's he's exactly like that. I mean, oh good, good luck, yeah. Uh, now you just need a one-legged man, and then that way the number of your legs and your gang will even out across the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they do explain where they where they print them. By the way, so these mm-hmm. are stuff were frozen. Let it go, TM. <laughs> super glue. I recognise super glue. Thank God for that. <laughs> uh, but the rest of that might mean something to somebody. My favourite part of this is obviously the. You can buy a metal copy instead. That that will forever be the one I'm aiming at. But yeah. uh, for you kids with your music television and your drugs, you, you can obviously get in here and and print these bits and pieces out. And again, the incidental pieces are great. Yeah, so the barbershop barber shop's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, lavender water, sir? Just five cents more? No? Again, there's Clint from High Plains Drifter. No one, just me. I, I know High Plains so Drifter, much. but <laughs> he's he's the barber who offers him the lavender works, trying to get as much yeah. money out of as possible. Oh yeah, but then yeah. they come across yeah. town and interrupt his shave. Of course, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh my god, these would be great for sticking into those buildings we looked at earlier. Yes, oh, wouldn't no. it? Though? <laughs> it's almost like we've melded things together. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 finely crafted, purpose. stuck together with the finest DJ glue. Um, the Gunfight Royale uh, mm-hmm. board game has these chibi characters that are based on a uh, similar range. This is interesting that they've, they've done this because obviously for the board game, it was very distinctive. But during the board game, people were going, but I don't want chibi. I want I want to just use the regular models. And you can because it's a board game. Nobody can stop you. Um, but they might make interesting little uh, collection on mm-hmm. for painters uh, because a lot, 
a lot more detail can go into the, uh, the massive big heads on them. Yeah. Look at the big Irish head on them. That's you know, I would yeah. say. You're not going to miss that when you're shooting. Nope. So. No, you won't. <laughs> so they are something onto themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, if you want to get in and have a whiz around with those, you can do. Yeah. I'm still annoyed that I seem to have lost those. Wild Bill Hickam. How have I lost Mungo? He must have been on the first page, and I must have just Might been have talking been. so much that I went past him, yeah. which wouldn't be like me. Uh, Knuckle Duster have also said that like there's probably this is probably just going to keep expanding. So the more stuff that they do, the more likelihood that we're going to see sets appearing on here as well. Oh, no. So you, you're never going to lose the metal range. Obviously, that's going to mm. still stay. But this is here for those people, as Jerry was saying, uh, that just can't get a hold of them and so want to get the digital mm. files to get them printed off. So, yeah. Yeah, very handy to have. Mm. And again, incidental pieces of furniture. Dress your buildings. Mm -hmm. Let people know what they're breaking into and setting on fire. When they're nice things to kick over and hide behind as you yeah. get into shootouts. Yeah. Or if you run out of ammo, hit him with the the back end of a blacksmith's hammer. Yep. <laughs> That'll do the job. There's a ball peen yeah. hammer there. That'll teach him. Calipri's <laughs> leg. <laughs> just uh, just drag him into the, a fire. Throw him off a building. On. Stop throwing people <laughs> off buildings. God. What is it with you today? <laughs> But yeah, trampled by bison. It will. <laughs> it will be interesting to see where they go. Will the entire range end up going digital in the long run, as well as as being available? Because obviously, the, 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 there's always the the issue with putting files out there. That, yeah, you know, one person buys them, then they all go up onto the internet in various places, mm -hmm. uh, which is why a lot of companies and certainly smaller companies who don't have massive turnovers uh, are hesitant uh, mm. to do so um so hopefully this will expand the amount of people who can get into wild west gaming through knuckle yeah, duster definitely sure. uh, yeah. and uh, more and, more options is is always better yeah yes and uh, there's always the potential for the uh i really just want to go through the knuckle duster range now and find mungo because there are the whole blazing saddle screws there and mungo is riding on a, a steer yeah. but i'm not going i'm going to resist <laughs> see how good i am Right. Um, you can yeah. go onto their web store and find it for yourself. You yeah. can find it for yourself. And then not, not tell us where it is, because yeah, yeah. that's also a theme of today. That, that very, much, very much a theme, all the theme, yeah. all the time. Uh, but the, the sculpts are great. And because he's been sculpting these digitally anyway for so long, mm. um, it means that the, the range is presumably all there. I don't know how much is required to change them from... Because obviously Mantic just took their initial files and put them into the vault, and then people went, that doesn't work for 3D printing. You have to hollow them out and put sync yeah. points and like assholes on things so that things drain out, and I have no idea. But presumably there's a bit more work goes into it than just going, here's the file, do it yourself. Mm. Uh, but I think it comes both um, regular and minty or supported and unsupported, I think is what you kids say. So, So that's all good. Yeah. And uh, you even get the bases as well. Yeah, mm. if you if you're not sticking them on your own bases, away mm -hmm. you go. It's a cracking range of stuff, and it's it's like I say, great that other people can get access to yes. it now more easily, mm -hmm. and not have to wait on a six week turnaround. I'm content to wait on a six week turnaround because I've still not painted the first stuff I got years ago. <laughs> so six weeks is nothing to me. Oh, Vienna. Anyway, one day. one day, knuckle duster digital. There you go. Just lives on the normal knuckle duster 
uh, website, you just go and find downloadable models. So if you go to the front page and just scroll, I have a link down below. Yeah, or you can do that as well, I suppose. Making it easy for I'll be helpful, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why not? One of us has to be. That's not going to be me. We've all we've all learned that if we've learned nothing else. (laughs) Right. Uh, Away to that, and off to Kickstarters. We have a pair to leave you with this week. And we're going to start off with Torch and Shield. Yeah. So I reckon this is probably a game that was essentially just made for me, I think. Uh, So Torch and Shield comes from the folks at Grimskald. And this is a dwarven dungeon delving adventure miniatures game. Of course it is. Blow your mind. (laughs) Right. So uh, in this world, the dwarves have been displaced from their ancient halls by terrible monsters and hellions from beyond uh, and forced to live in dirty, horrible human society. (gasps) They've decided to go back into their dwarven halls to see if they can reclaim some of the treasures that were lost by their ancestors. However, all the dwarven clans have decided that they want to be the ones that come back with the treasure and the glory and the honour. And so you can dive into a competitive dungeon-delving festival of awesomeness where you pit your clans against each other you can also play the game solo and cooperatively if you like but i prefer the idea of dwarves setting grudges against each other i think that's a good way to go unless there's some elves involved maybe then we could change things around but (laughs) what you do in this game uh is it's a you can play it one-off if you like but you can also dive into proper campaigns you will choose a clan you will build your dwarven warband that goes delving, and you will head out to play through dungeon tile-styled adventures, a little bit like a classic game of Dungeons & Dragons or something like that, as you will fight to claim treasure, lock away monsters, seal vaults, and maybe even occasionally just defeat your other clans to see you come out with the highest honours. It's the happiest dragon I've ever seen. (laughs) Hey, food! (laughs) Um, So, the game uh, has a very small amount of models that you need to play it. Uh, It's around sort of t- under 10 in some cases mm-hmm. mostly depending on how you arm them and all that kind of stuff you'll then choose all your skills and everything like that and you'll dive into a whole range of sort of fun dungeon delving adventures which are set up using dungeon tiles you can get the miniatures from Grimscald, so they've done miniatures for the three clans that they've uh originally designed so the copper brows the iron thanes and the Bulldhar. Uh, they each have their own theme to them like the copper brows are very much about uh getting as much gold as possible because they love wealth and they have lovely slashed silks uh to walk around in and they like black powder very classic sort of old hamry dwarf style mm-hmm. you've got the iron thanes who are grizzled veterans that are very much about being militaristic and they come with heavy armor and big weapons and shields and all that kind of thing and then you've got my favorite the bulldar which are your kind of slayer cult that are askew all of those kind of silly ranged weapons who needs them uh, when you're in a tunnel anyway and they charge into battle with their axes to kill as many things as possible before they get dragged down by monsters and all that kind of stuff and, and do they throw people off pits they do yes they throw people yeah. into pits <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the game itself uh, is very cool uh, it's a kind of a mixture between um, card base play but also dice so when you start a round of uh, of torch and shield you'll draw from a pack of cards so it's a full sort of standard deck that you'd expect uh, and then you will assign those cards to different characters in order to determine who activates in which order so you start from sort of high ace all the way down to bo- the bottom and a joker is a wild so they can fit into any of those different in- initiative steps depending on what you like 
And then when you do any actions in the game, it's all resolved using a dice pool system. So uh, fives and sixes are successes on your dice. And say you want to attack somebody, uh, you will assemble your pool of dice based on your sort of core um, stat. So maybe it's four, for example, if you're using a, a, a martial, your martial skill. And then you'll add or subtract dice depending on the situation that you're in. So if you've trapped somebody, if you've got uh, height advantage, that kind of thing, you'll build that all into the dice pool and then you'll roll them. Any successes are then turned into wounds that the enemy can save against, again, using fives or sixes, uh, based on the armor value against weapons and that kind of stuff. And then you'll do damage and all that kind of bits and pieces. Um, So it's a really, really fun game with a very simple base system. But then the really interesting thing about this that I love is that they've clearly looked at sort of role-playing games and that kind of thing and built on a whole host of additional sort of depth to the mechanics so you've got um you can either use the cards that you get from the deck to activate normally and then just do regular attacks and stuff or you can use them to do special actions and there are special actions that are universal for everybody so that might be sort of like charging or sort of doing a toss or something like that and then there are special actions that are very much applied specifically to individual characters which might have them from being heroes or the type of character that you've picked or maybe an upgrade that you've got through going through the campaign and they allow you to dive into all sorts of funky uh, sort of um bits and pieces like you might be able to do special maneuvers to move things around or like do like hampering shots or like hamstring people and all that kind of stuff so very very cool bits and pieces in there to kind of go really in depth with the combat the combat itself has got some really fun little bits and pieces in terms of maneuvering and things so like when you fight people you can actually push them around and that and stuff as you win combats so there's a really nice maneuvering thing and yes you could then push someone off into a pit to you know yeah, very cool. Yeah, push that's how you pits. get the height advantage. Yeah, it's how you get the height advantage. Yeah, yeah. So you get height advantage on other people. Um, uh, there, there's, there's two great videos that they've done, which go through the basics of how to play, and then also some slightly more advanced mechanics. You'll also note, and you can see it in the little background of that video there, it's not just dwarves going up against each other. As you play through the game, uh, one of the peri- one of the phases that you get during a turn is an event phase and that can spawn things like traps but it could also spawn uh, monsters that will appear on the board and sort of hunt you down that's also tied into the kind of darkness mechanics that they got in the game as well so when you delve in you'll have certain characters that'll have torches because you obviously need to see in the dark and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and as that starts to dwindle down um, darkness will sort of close in around you and if monsters are shrouded by the shadows and stuff then they'll get bonuses to attack you and drag you off into the darkness and all that kind of thing so they've done some really fun bits and pieces there there's lots of stuff in there for you to get um, sort of stuck into and play around with the characters and the storylines and all that kind of stuff as I say there's a campaign in there so you can play through that or you could just play one-off missions if you like um, as I mentioned earlier as well, obviously all the miniatures and all the dungeon tiles are available, but you can just go in and get yourself uh, just the core PDF if you like, or you can get the physical book, and you could just use whichever uh, dwarf miniatures you have in your collection. I happen to have quite a few. Mm. Um, and the same for the tiles as well. You could just get cracking with some her start stuff if you liked, Look, or you could just draw on a battle map. Yeah, exactly, and, and have some fun that way. Uh, the campaign, as I say, is broken down into... Uh, a whole bunch of different options so obviously the miniatures and the rules that we mentioned there you can go full digital if you want or you can go full physical Uh, this is being shipped from australia so maybe that's something that could be a consideration for some people if they dive into this they've also got plans to take this even further as well Mm -hmm. Um, there's already an expansion plan called the vaults of zahn which will include even more clans for you to play as plus 
the chance to play as a monster warband. So if you want to play as the gribbly creatures down in the darkness, you can do, which I think is very, very nice. Kobolds, kobolds everywhere. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just think this looks great. I, I was having a look through the um, sort of initial sort of quick start rules that they mm -hmm. put together. I say quick start. It is an immense rule book. Um, if you back at any level, you'll get access to that, which I think is quite nice. So you can have a look at it and then maybe up your pledge later on if you if you like the sound of the game. Um, but it is packed with detail. There's loads of way for you to advance your characters. There's lots of really nice um, weapons and armor and skills and everything to attach to your different dwarves. It's all WYSIWYG as well. So it's one of those games that a lot of purists will like, where it's like, I will definitely go in and sort of kit bash my characters and that kind of stuff. Um, what else am I forgetting? The miniatures themselves, they're all being done in cast plastic as well. So if you want to get your hands on those, that's how they're going to produce them. And they've also got the monsters and everything as well that they can throw into the set at the same time. So, so yes, some funky, pretty funky chock a block monsters. project. Yes. I mean, they, cool uh, yeah. obviously the little gnome looking things. I love them. They're very cute. It could be a goblin, could be a gnome. It's mm -hmm. entirely up to you. Uh, either way, <laughs> either way, they've got some form of man catcher and they're prodding a massive mm -hmm. minotaur forward. Yeah, oh, that's not going to end well for anyone. No, but uh, yeah, I like the fact that they've gone with the um, option of both physical and STL. Yes, um, yeah. So you mm -hmm. can fill your boots depending on your your preference there. And like you say, mm -hmm. not everybody's going to be wanting to pay the additional costs of shipping from Australia. Mm -hmm. um, but the option is always there. If like yeah. me, you refuse mm -hmm. to. The 3D printing <laughs> ones and zeros things, uh, you know. but it looks like there's a, a bit of a world growing up around it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that they've clearly been working on this for a while, mm. um, and they have very much sort of gone into the into great depth when it comes to the backstory and the different clans and how that all works. Um, as I say, it's almost as much a role-playing style game as it is a miniatures skirmish game mm -hmm. and because you have the solo and cooperative element in there as well i think that really enhances it um and, and i'm i'm very much on the sort of side of it'll be really fun to do this cooperatively i reckon uh diving in and uh and playing around with either two warbands together or one band or one warband yeah. that you share and go against the different monsters. There's an AI system in there for the monsters anyway, but it's mm -hmm. kind of tweaked slightly for when you play solo or cooperatively. Sure. Um, but it's not massive. It's like an extra page of additional text that you need to look through. So that's good. Not too bad. And they're not far off um, unlocking then the hired mercenaries, the hired mm -hmm. heroes sort of supplement upgrade as well. So maybe that's yeah. where we'll, we'll see some nasty elves. Ugh. Yeah, or, well, you know. <laughs> Push, push some elves or humans in front of you to take the first Yeah, hits. yeah, let, let, let them take the, the brunt of the damage. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's the way to do that. Uh, Torch and Shield, 26 days left and uh, already funded. Well done, them. Is that us for the week? Is that them? Is there anything I'm forgetting? I think we can go now. Uh, yeah, yeah. See you after. No, nope, sit your ass down. I've remembered. <laughs> it's the multi award winning Moonstone. Wow. Oh, where was my head at? <laughs> They're on Kickstarter at the moment. The people uh, who've been watching live have just been going like, yes, come on. Shades, right. <laughs> Shades of Moonreach uh, is on Kickstarter. Uh, and this is uh, the fourth faction for Moonstone. Um, so the way this works is very simple. This Kickstarter is to bed in the fourth faction and get them on par with the current factions of Commonwealth, Dominion, and La Chevalte. 
Uh, so to do this, um, Goblin King Games have put together a selection of uh, packs for their new undead, but they didn't just want to go with regular skeletons and zombies dragging themselves around the place. Um, they've decided to lean into the uh, more whimsical nature of Moonstone by making things a little bit more fun and different play style as well, uh, which is the main thing. So over the last two, three weeks, um, various YouTube type peoples uh, have been showing off some bits and pieces to do with the Shades of Moonreach, uh, which I will now give everybody a shout out because we've all had a chance to have a look at some work in progress cards. Um, which aren't on the, the Kickstarter. So mm -hmm. if you want to see them, Out of the Breach had Rory and the Terrible Musician. Tabletop Skirmish Games showed off Grey Mare the Cleric and the Flay Bearer of Terrible Knowledge, along with Nanny, Sprog, Pookie, and Urchin. Uh, TNG Productions had Senara and Jeremy Lord of the Deep. Always Bored, Never Boring had Morag. Heroic Skill Gaming had Victor Petty. Blackjack Legacy showed off Abracadaverous and Lampy Darkson. Cinderfall Gaming had Kin Chernet himself, aka the Echo of the Forgotten. And uh, Tea Cake of Torment was also being shown off there. And we had a look at Negroli and Brave Sir Pinch. Mm. Uh, so those are some of the names. What does it all mean? Glad you asked. <laughs> ah. Um, there are two flavors of Fundead uh, for the Shades of Moonreach. First off, King Chernet, the Forgotten King, um, was a terrible, terrible man who ended up um, overthrowing uh, and, and subjugating all of the people on Tauber to the extent that some dwarves, or not dwarves, some gnomes one day went in with a load of explosives and literally ringed off the city and exploded it and dropped it into the ground. <laughs> Say, dropping buildings off a height. You didn't think of that. <laughs> and then unfortunately, murder. all the immortal nobles and the king got essentially walled up inside where they've remained to this day. So that's your classical style undead, um, which are known as the, rid, uh, the Risen. So that's where you will find things like revenants and maybe things that are touch on the zombie or skeletal side physical things that you can poke and then go, I wish I hadn't poked that now, I'm covered in sticky. Uh, then there are <laughs> the shades because within Moonstone you can mix and match, um, but there's always like two distinct styles of play for each of the factions. Um, and, and then it's up to you to find synergies and fun things to do with them. And the shades that have come out of the Deadlands are the, the incorporeal ephemeral spirit types. Now on both sides, they have these things. These are called psychopumps. These live in the spirit world, the Deadlands. They are there as entertainment and subservient things for the spirits to deal with. <laughs> and Love they're it. an unusual group of creatures. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they were ever actually alive. Who knows? Who knows what the backstory is? But when you bring the various shades into play, a lot of them have attributes or abilities that allow them to summon various psychopomps. Some of them have synergies with specific psychopomps. So if right. you bring in uh, 
specifically like um, the terrible musician. He's a blast attack that knocks things away that works very well with some of the other uh, figures. So building those little troops and support characters uh, are are what the game's all about. It's it's the, the meat and potatoes of how things play out uh, and you get some absolute corkers in there. Um, so if you look there, the never-ending nights where you have Negroli himself, who's very much a dashing, daring-do hero and fighter. Uh, Sarif, the Pavias-wielding crossbow skeleton, who has the option to fire multiple times. So when bluffs are called, then you can launch off another shot at somebody. But my favourite is going to be Grey Mare, the cleric, who unfortunately, well, when Moonreach got exploded and levelled, uh, his head got crushed. So he's constantly having to stitch new heads on. <laughs> That's why he's got... That's why he's got an ass's head. Love it. Uh, because you know his own is no longer functional. So just got to make do and mend, as they say. Um, and it's just a peculiar set of things. So the Shady Bunch containing Senara, which is the first time we've seen a merfolk um, creature on the table. They've appeared in some stories. They appeared during the fate of Eric. Uh, and we find out a bit about how they managed to actually get around in the air with a little seashell. Um, necklace but at the same time they're still a fish thing with no legs so this was an interesting way to introduce them maybe they'll turn up in future maybe they won't mm. uh, but tom had the tom had the idea and decided to go with this and then there's morag uh who unfortunately has gone very wrong and as you can see this trip um has got the the shade symbol but also the lash of oh, yeah, yeah. poking around the back of it so that can be used with lash of uh, they haven't got a symbol beside them, so I'm assuming they're straight shades. Uh, and then later on, you can see some of the others are mixed. So there's shades and dominion for Victor Petty, the grave robber, whose family was nobility. Unfortunately, he didn't get entombed in an immortal life. So he's just had to watch the fact that his money and wealth and fame has all gone away and his family have been, <laughs> for 500 years, his family have been making do. He's ended up as a grave robber. And now, um, now he's looking to get some payback maybe advance himself in his station, good. Um, which is all really good. And then the freaky fuggy uh, with Jerry Hare, Rory and Abracadavras. And these are just not right in any way, shape <laughs> or form. They're, these these really push the, the whole um, comedic, but still creepy style it's, of things it's illuminated manuscript marginalia marginalia yeah. yeah it's marginalia meets hieronymus bosch as well yes. i think um yeah. i think tom was saying he had a, a lot of influence on that although not as much influence as susie did with this one because she really likes count dacula and nanny comes more or less from count dacula along with her three little urchin uh, psychopomps who all have their own um abilities like i say you can have a look at um tabletop skirmish games because they, they look at the, the work in progress cards. So there's things like she did it and he hit me and it wasn't me or there's special abilities that allow you to do things like attack or take energy or redistribute. So the cycle pumps are there for support and flavor, um, mm. but they can be quite egregious, really fascinated by anger Boda, um, cause anger Boda is, um, well, she's a, a yachting in Norse mythology. She is, yeah. She's uh, responsible for some of Loki's unusual children. Fenrir is. Uh, yes. She's also, and more importantly, 
We've got the big son of the Commonwealth behind her. Ooh. So I imagine the Nordic keyword is going on there, which really asks the question, why when there's a Nordic faction of gnomes in Moonstone, one of which is led by uh, Joanna, who has a squirrel on her shoulder, do I not own them? And it's a question that I've been asking myself for some time. So <laughs> that may be changing soon. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that goes because we've got these yeah. two bigger box sets. So unlike the the other six boxes, which are sort of troop warbands or support, where you've got all the cycle pumps in the little box by themselves, uh, these are some of the big creatures. So Angerboda, Frost Giant, Happy Days, the Echo of the Forgotten King. This is Chernut himself. This is the, the terrible one who's, if people haven't played, I'm going to spoil it now, but in the Rising book, at the end of that Rising campaign story that Susie wrote, uh, Chernuk comes back because the uh, the wizards, the Elric, accidentally summoned him. They didn't realize they were summoning him, and now they can't control him. Uh, so when you ah. play the Forgotten King, he can come in in a couple of ways. So like the Psychopomps can be summoned. Uh, you can either start with the Echo of the Forgotten King on the table, or he can be summoned in-game um by igor Cam igor is it mm -hmm. yes him this gentleman with the candelabra um but once he's on the table he does a lot and he burns through his corporeal presence very quickly so you're on a ticking clock before he goes away so essentially uh, this this incredible manifestation of power this huge ghost the echo of this this king appears and then lays waste to the area and then disappears again so um it's it's trying to do excessive amounts of damage as quickly as you can with mm -hmm. him before he disappears into the void again uh so the campaign itself is for the miniatures the cards uh that's all they're focusing on um and they do these sort of kickstarters in um sequence so the last one was for the arising book that had all of the story plus all of the cards and stats and backgrounds for the characters that had been produced prior to that. Yeah. Uh, likewise here, you won't be getting a book, um, but these will feature in a book coming next year or the year after. Um, so this is just to get the figures out and people gaming with them. Uh, as you can see, they've already got a lot of the 3D renders done for so some of these. close to the artwork yeah yeah so, uh, mm. including things like that. i mean the tea cake of torment uh, whose ability is eat me um, <laughs> they do not have a healer uh the the particular idea was that they're undead on every other faction has healing and healing abilities don't bother either they have resurrection or you just assume that they're going to go away and certain things like some of the cycle pumps will curse whenever they mm. go and so you want them to be coming in and going out constantly it's yeah. it's like a, a form of resource management you want cycle pumps to appear do damage or do a debuff and then That's disappear cool. to then regenerate some of your decaying flesh or spirit nature uh there's the head coming out of jerry Ayer's arse there which is great um there's a few little uh one-offs that are coming so there will be a limited edition bonus cycle pump um which you can lay your hands on and also there is going to be a i don't know if it's on here or it is uh, a limited edition alternate sculpt because they they often do these so uh victor petty marty the ghost and uh shay ara um alternatives i mean Ooh. nice 
But Joby's already out. Joby came out in. Um, oh yeah, course, as yeah. the very first Shade character before the the Wildwood set came out, he popped out in a Dominion set, and I really like the idea of having Joby, especially with his um, Martini, as well. Just leaning on that because obviously he's part of the Shades as well. But I, I really like I like the idea of him. I haven't voted for him yet. I could do that now. No, I will actually we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> anyway. If you're looking to get into Moonstone, there's a whole host of um, of ways you can do it. For the purposes of this, there is a discount on the shades because the shades are brand spanking you, and that's what they're looking to do. Tom said there's no discount on the current figure range because they don't want to undercut any of the people who actually sell their stuff. So mm-hmm. any of the independent sh- shops don't want to, you know, the, the, if people are stocking Moonstone, they don't want to discover that they've got a whole bunch of new players and not one of them has actually picked up a box in their store, um, yeah. which I 100% get behind. But if you don't mind paying just the regular retail price, you can flesh out your uh, your pledge here uh, and then that way you'll help me get more stretch goals Some as well. Lovely so forms. that's great. Mm. Yeah, so like I say, there's the La Chivalt cultists and the La Chivalt fawns. So La Chivalt, obviously, two different styles, but you can blend the, the boxes together. So if you want some of these fawns with some of these cultists you can mix and match and and there'll be different ways to build your lists and your synergies within there as well which is great um so yeah really looking forward to this uh getting my hands on the physical stuff next year hopefully it won't take too long obviously turnaround time nothing is guaranteed these days but um i believe obviously all the casting's done in the uk i think the the lovely printed packaging and the like is also done here so theoretically there shouldn't be any issues because it's a uh, companies that tom's worked with for a while now at goblin mm-hmm. king um and it'll be great to see what way things go and you can always like they say give the game a go immediately if not sooner there's even a tabletop simulator version although i couldn't work out how to make tabletop simulator work to try it uh with shay and justin a few weeks ago i did press buttons and things opened and i got very confused um <laughs> give me give me a table full of uh miniatures and yeah. uh, and some cards and away i go i'm much mm-hmm. happier with that oh look i'm just unboxing him at the moment sir hogwash right i should me. point out they've they mentioned uh a video there we have a couple of let's plays on on tabletop so we've got a how to play and uh, a full game as well so there's there's a how to play where tom tries his best to control and corral warren against me Uh, (laughs) and then i play tom later on um where it's it's much more sedate and we don't have an errant warren rampaging (laughs) across the table so so that's all good and then also um i sat down and talked with uh susie and Mm -hmm. tom about the the development of the the shades and the the storyline for for Tiber as well. So uh, that interview's up and lurking around on interwebs as well yeah. at the moment. If you're interested, and I mean, really, you should be. Why would you not be? Yeah. I'm trying to think of anybody who hasn't currently started Moonstone. Uh, Technically, anybody, I don't any, have any models yet. <laughs> you don't have any models, and and I get a feeling that there's another slacker as well who you could reach out and touch, John. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> We'll have to deal with this. Maybe. I mean, maybe. You've played it though, Shay. Yeah, I've played against Paul. Game. Yeah. 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 Did you beat Paul? Yeah, of course I did. It's Paul. Yeah, no, it's Paul. Because <laughs> everybody's weapon. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. Maybe maybe we'll have to get up and running with uh, uh, when the shades are kicking around and, and 
get a few more games in, uh, and then you can decide who you're going to play. Then Shay, could be, be anybody at all. Pirates, yeah. you like the pirates? Mm, I do like the pirates. The pirates are the really pirates. good. Mm, right, I, I, I like the airships. Cool. Oh, the Goblin Airship? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Giant inflatable frog. Right. Shades of Moonreach. There are 13 days left. It is funded. Um, play Moonstone. I, I really can't stress this enough. Even if you're not going to buy, even if you're going, I don't, yeah, Undead not doing it for me, uh, go and have a look at the, the Let's Plays. And, and there's plenty out there from some of the other channels I mentioned earlier. It's a terrific game. It really is. And very unique. Again, like the torture and shield game where you've got the the cards and the, the interplay and synergy there um moonstone has its own sort of uh hema-esque card system of bluffing uh, which just means you're not likely to play a game like it and at no point do you have to go ah uh, roll ones i was guaranteed to kill you and i've rolled ones it's all down to picking the right card and uh, bluffing the hell out of your opponent which makes it terrific fun to play with friends right that's enough of that I think I'm done. I'm going to go off and vote for what one of those alternative sculpts I want now. Um, we shall return next Friday. But if that's too long, you can join us on Sunday over on tabletop.com for the XLBS. And if you're not already a cultist, you can sign up for a 30-day trial. And don't forget, if you want the Promethean Complex set and you want to be lucky, comment here on the YouTubes this week for that one. Mm. Until next time. Have a great week of gaming. Bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.